says, for you are all children. Somebody say all. All children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all, somebody say all, who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Come on, somebody, who don't like new clothes? And then it takes it a step further. It says there is no longer Jew or Gentile. No longer white or black, no longer rich or poor, no longer short or tall, no longer those people or our people, slave or free, male and female, for you are all, somebody say all, one in Christ Jesus, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray God that today. That no matter what campus is listening, no matter what person is listening, no matter where the location of the people are who are watching online, that your Holy Spirit would not be a respecter of place, but it would invade every heart and convict us and compel us to live out an all-inclusive Great Commission. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. I want, I want to title this message today, Family Reunion. Somebody say family reunion. Family reunion. I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 I used to so look forward to the family reunions. Now, just a little bit of history about me. Uh, uh, my dad has, has 10 or 9 brothers and sisters. My mom had 11. Family reunions were huge. I'm talking about it was like the event of the year. And some of you are like, oh, we don't do family reunions because I don't like them. You might not like them, but boy, she can cook some potato salad. Come on, somebody. If you didn't like what, who they are, you liked what they cooked. Our family reunions were amazing because of the food. Man, I remember the, the pit beef. Come on, y'all. The ribs. You know, you know, you know, and everybody would bring a potluck. And, and most people could cook. And then that one dish that nobody touched, come on, somebody. <laughs> Call it the mercy plate. Come on, I gotta get a mercy plate. So let them know I love them. And... But you know what united us? It didn't matter what, where the, the, the relationship was with all of the people, whether you knew them or didn't know them, whether you liked them or didn't like them, whether there was forgiveness or unforgiveness, you know what was the ultimate unifier? Couple bushel of crabs. Y'all, I don't know what it is, but when them crabs steamed, them steamed crabs hit the table, y'all, I'd be like, look what the Lord has done. But my Aunt Bessie, who I called yesterday, and she, she goes to this campus at BWI, and she was just all in about family reunions. And she was in charge of the family reunion t-shirt. Come on, somebody. Now, this one, she needed a different designer. <laughs> family reunion t-shirts could be some of the cheesiest shirts. And we bigger than that. Come on, so these must be the people who pay for it. Come on. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite family reunion shirts, this yellow one. And, and, I, and, I, and what it says is, is it, it says Snowden. Now, I'm a Rollins. I had no idea that my descendants 
Come on, we're Snowdens. I didn't know where I came from. I was just like, I'm rolling. Boom, here I am. What's up, world? But these t-shirts were the ultimate unifier. And she would bring these shirts and and send them, and we all would show up with these t-shirts. Now, I don't know about you, but I love family, but we got some crazy family. And what was crazy to me is the diversity in our family. We had white family, black family, Asian family. We had Filipino family. Everybody had different color skin. Everybody different, different socioeconomic climates. Everybody, uh, uh, you know, from different, uh, loved different food. Everybody from different parts of the, everybody with different criminal backgrounds. Come on, somebody. I'm like, y'all, if they family, why are you telling me in the car on the way there? Now, y'all don't go off by yourself with those people right there. Come on, y'all got those people in your family? You're just like, love them. You know, I'm talking about the uncle that got three teeth, one in his mouth, two in his pocket. (laughs) But the t-shirt would unite us as family. One thing about Aunt Bessie, she'd always order extra t-shirts. That if anybody who showed up and wasn't a part of us, it wasn't on the invite list. Come on, somebody. Never had greens or pig feet or chitlins. She would make sure with that T-shirt, she had every size that nobody felt like an outsider. And I wonder in the church, in the body of Christ, are we standing with new clothes? That Galatians talks about ready to put a t-shirt on people who don't look like us, vote like us, think like us, or maybe even love us. You see, on the back of this t-shirt, this morning when I got it, I found my name, and then I started looking at a whole bunch of other names that I have no idea who they are. But because of this shirt, I still got to call them family. I start to wonder why we get to pick and choose who God calls family. It's time for the church to have a family reunion. It's time for the people of God to have a family reunion. Family is important to God. Family is the essential, is an essential ingredient to live out the purposes of God. How do I know that? Because in Genesis 1.28, it says this, it says, then God blessed him. Then God blessed her. No. Then God blessed them. It was plural. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. God couldn't have said to just Republicans, be fruitful and multiply. He couldn't have said to a singular person because a singular person doesn't have the ability to produce fruit. And to multiply by themselves. And then he says, fill the earth 
and subdue it. And when you do that succession of things, then you have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He's saying family is important. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say that we should have dominion over one another. But if we trace back the history of God's people and the history of our country and the history of our world, somehow other people put over people who don't look like you. Over people who have more melon in their skin than you. Over people. And this over mentality has caused division. This opinion cancel culture. We can't cancel the people we're commissioned to. It has ostracized those from receiving the message and those from having a t-shirt from the church if the church carries the most potent epic message of love that is unreserved that is come on somebody unconditional that's supposed to be unrestrained why do we keep it and pick and choose those who get to their name should be written in the lamb's book of life but it can't even be written on the back of one of our t-shirts <laughs> Division, racism, prejudice, stereotypical thinking, classism, sexism, genderism, anti-all the isms. It didn't start with their granddad. It didn't start from a joke at a table. It didn't start. It was passed down from generation to generation. Now, y'all, my wife is amazing, and I absolutely love my wife, but she has a, a habit, I mean a hobby, <laughs> called Amazon. Come on, somebody. And packages just show up to the house. Irene Rollins like, what you, what's up? What's, what, you, what you got? What you got? Like, it's something for me? And... It's not. But a few months ago, a package showed up and it was a, a DNA test. And I'm like, what's this? And she's like, I got to find out something about my... I was like, girl, I'm all you need, girl. This is all the family you need. You ought to be lucky to have somebody as amazing. <laughs> she wanted to know, why do I think like this? Why... Why do I act like this? Why, 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 why are my eyes like this? Why, 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 why? And she wanted to trace her history so that she could have a new destiny. It is impossible for us to move on without first going back. Uh-oh. Can't we just get over it? Uh, nah. 
You see, sin, division, it, it, it didn't start with a, with a post on social media. You see, the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. Somebody say everybody. Somebody say everybody. Death didn't just spread to the racist. Death didn't just spread to the judgmental. Death didn't just spread to the prejudiced people. Death also spread to the people who won't forgive. Death also spread to the people, come on somebody, who walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Yes, black people, I'm talking to you too. Death spread to all of us. Because the Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And if we if we keep judging people because they sin differently than us, could it be that all of us going to hell? Death spread. You know what sin ultimately is? It's not racism. Racism is sin, but that's not sin. Sin ultimately separates us from God. Sin creates distance between me and my creator. And in that distance, there's space for the enemy to come in and continue to widen the rift and widen the gap of what can only be made up in the family of God. It spread to everyone. When Adam and Eve sinned, they had everything. They had unity. They had covenant. They had authority. They had government. They were naked. Come on, somebody. Just, I'm still trying to figure out why Adam was interested in an apple when his wife was naked. I don't get it. Sin. But sin will cause you to take your eyes off of what's eternal. Hmm. And that sin spread to everyone. And that sin went from Adam and Eve. Watch this now to Cain and Abel. Division. Adam and Eve are divided. Now the seed of division gets passed down to Cain and Abel. And guess what? Cain and Abel were from the same family, but racist against each other's gifts. Are y'all with me? Come on. Then it went to Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau from the same womb and upset because somebody's hairy, somebody's not. And Jacob spends his whole life on the run from somebody who's supposed to be called family because of jealousy, because of division that came from sin. Well, my blessing is better. No, my blessing is better. No, my tribe is better. No, my, and all of this confusion, come on, somebody, created division. Let's just start with your biological family. Some of y'all can't stand them. But a breach in my biological family promotes a breach in my spiritual family. When I have fractures in my biological family, I have fractures in my spiritual family. 
And I am trying to tell you right now that we have to understand that you've read the scripture before in Genesis chapter 11 about the Tower of Babel. And I'm going to read it real quick and then hit this real quick. But the Lord came down. Look at the city and the tower the people were building. They were building something trying to get to God without relationship with God. Come on, somebody. Look, he said, the people are united and they speak all the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Pause. Unity. They had unity and God, even though their unity, come on somebody, was misappropriated. God still recognized the power of it. And God said the power of people when they even come around the wrong thing. So what he did was he confused the languages. Come, let us go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. The reason that you can't understand another culture, somebody who hasn't been raised where you're raised, is not because you're better than or they're worse than. The reason is could be that generationally your family has been united around the wrong thing. Oh, let me preach this. And unity around the wrong thing will cause division from the right thing. They were unified around the tower. Come on, somebody. And they couldn't get into the presence of God. And it caused division between them and God. But God, in his infinite love, God, in his infinite sovereignty, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that they were eternally cursed. And that curse was passed down from generation to generation. And all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, God's trying to get back in right relationship with man so that division doesn't permeate beyond Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? So he picks up his holy cell phone and he hits a guy named Abe. And he's like, yo, I got to fix this. Because I don't like, I have to share myself with my children. Even though they sin, even though they mess up, even though they're mad, even though they're racist, even though they're angry, even though they have stereotypical judgmental mindsets, I love them. Hey, Abe, can you help me? So in Genesis chapter 12, he calls Abraham. (laughs) I'm going to paraphrase. He says, Abe, I need you. And Abe's like, first of all, Abe don't pick up his phone. And God's like, I created it. I paid for it. I hate when my kids don't pick up the phone I paid for. Come on, somebody. Pick up the phone, Abe. Abe picks up the phone. Yes, God. Oh, God, what's up? He's like, man, I need your help. He says, there's some descendants, Adam and Eve. Maybe you've heard. Maybe you haven't. They, they were not supposed to touch the fruit. They did. I had to curse them. I had to starve them. I had to take everything away from them. But I love them. I love you. I want love. Generations come. I got this plan. I can't tell you all about it. Uh, but will you help me? I know you don't have a son yourself, but I got something great for you. And God says in, in Genesis 12, then the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. What, God? You, 
You, you want me to go somewhere with no directions? With no guarantee? He goes, but hold on. What's the rest? God says, I'll bless you. I'll make you famous. Huh. Huh. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. Watch this now. And in you, all the families of the earth, not all the families, that's your preference. Not all the families who look like you. All the families of the earth will be blessed, but it's going to require you to step over the line of where your granddaddy and granddaddy have been. So you might be talked about by your family. Don't worry about what you're talked about. Just know that I called you. I need about three or four people to shout right there. Come on, somebody. So God, so Abraham steps over the line. He loves outside the lines and he begins to get to the promised land. Let me tell you guys something. The division that is in our country, the division that is in the land, the division that is around the world will never get healed until we fix a divided heart that has been divided from God that picks and chooses what scriptures in the Bible we want to appropriate. Jesus modeled it. He went anywhere, everywhere for anybody and everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever, not just the people that I go to church with. Who is your whomsoever? Who are the people? Could it be that the people that you're in proximity with You may be the only church that they ever see and they think the church is racist. They think black people got a chip on their shoulder. Y'all, there's no such thing as justified unforgiveness. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Y'all, remember the song, Father Abraham had many sons, many, uh, 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 hey, uh, hey, uh-huh, so, right, Father Abraham had many sons, come on, y'all, and many sons had father, uh-huh, I am one of them, and so were you. So let all of them come on, right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn your head, spin around, sit down. (laughs) I want to put a trap beat to that. We cannot sing the chorus about Father Abraham and not live the call that Abraham lived. God took Abraham outside and said, look at the stars. So shall your descendants be. 
Abraham had to be willing to love outside of what he was familiar with. And number one, if we're going to love outside the lines, we have to love intentionally. Hmm. <laughs> you mean this love thing is intentional? Yep. It's intentional. It, it, you, you just can't love what you like because love doesn't define itself in the authenticity of what it is. I'm telling you right now, I've come to discover in my own life that love is at its best when people are at their worst. You know what I've been praying? I've I've been asking God, give me compassion for the Nazi skinhead. He got it honest. He was raised that way. He didn't have a choice. His great granddaddy, granddaddy, they just, he, from, the, from the high chair. God, when he is throwing out things that are hurtful, help me see him in the high chair. Help me be intentional. Like Jesus didn't know sin, but had compassion for it. Jesus was never blind, but healed a blind man. Are are y'all hearing me? He had dinner with a sinful woman. He hung around people that weren't like him. In John chapter 4, he even went to a place that Jews didn't go to. He went through Samaria. See, we like to talk about Samaria. (laughs) Come on, y'all. We like to judge Samaria. Come on, what's your Samaria? We like to stereotype Samaria, but will we meet a Samaritan woman at the heat of a day when she's been ostracized by her own people and share the good news of Jesus with her? Watch her because we can't change her city, but we can empower her to go change her city with intentional love. I I think this scripture kind of sums it up in Mark chapter 12. And you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Let's take it to another level. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as your Self. That scripture tells me that I cannot proclaim that I love God and not love all of his people. Uh-oh. He had did it. He has said that. He black. He a sellout. No, I'm sold out. I'm not right. I'm not left. I'm not black. I'm not white. I'm kingdom. Oh, let me help you. Because when you got saved, although this is important, you became a citizen of another place called heaven that has a highest jurisdiction than the county that you live in or the state that you live in right now. 
I am telling you right now, some of y'all looking at me twisted eyed, but I have come to understand that when I got saved, my ethnic culture became a subculture to the kingdom culture. And I'm trying to tell you whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, I am called to love you in spite of how you treat me. No, he didn't. I didn't. The scripture did. We got to love intentionally. It says this in Ephesians 2.19, if you don't believe me. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's holy family. My mama, it, we, we, she, 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 she was a tough mama. I didn't get timeouts, I got whoopings. I don't believe in timeouts, because timeouts will just give me more time to think about what I'm going to do next. <laughs> That's what I needed, and my kids. And we had this table. It was the dining room table. Nobody sat in the, it had plastic on the, on, the, on the seats. You're supposed to take that off, mama. There's only two times we'd be at that table. For a holiday meal or a family discussion. And, and she would set the rules for these family discussions. And before... We were allowed to talk about me and my sister's disagreement or me and my cousin's disagreement. She would first make us say who we are. I'm Jimmy. No, 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 no. What's your last name? Rollins. Tanya Rollins. It's my sister. It's my brother. And she would make us establish that we are family. Before there was any discussion of what we didn't agree on. What I'm trying to get us as Christians to understand, what's the use of having a discussion with somebody that you don't see as spiritual family? Because if I see you as spiritual family, your differences can't divide us because divorce is not an option. When I see you as spiritual family, I can set the ground rules that I am going to be unoffendable and you can ask any question during this conversation. When I see you as spiritual family, we're going to get up from the table and not have to agree to have unity. Uh-oh. The Bible says in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It goes on to say that unity produces the anointing. It goes on to say that the anointing causes you to command a blessing and have authority that disunity does not 
have. But first, I have to see you as my brethren, as spiritual family, so that we can have supernatural unity, so that we can call heaven to earth, so we can get to if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. The Bible says turn. That's the same word for repent. That's the same word that Jesus used when he said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If my people, who? The church people. If the church is going to be the hope of the world, our worlds are going to have to get bigger. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from generational strongholds and turn from laughing at jokes that ain't funny and turn from stereotypical mindsets and turn from judgmental mindsets and turn from prejudicial ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal the land. Union Church, the land of your city will never be healed until the land of your heart is healed. And four people said amen. You know why? It's hard to love intentionally. Number two, you have to listen intently. What do you mean, listen, I'm right. We live in a culture where our opinion is greater than the truth. <laughs> Come on, y'all. As long as it's our truth. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you will not offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Instead, it goes on to say, come on, somebody, be ye transformed in your mind by the renewing of your mind. I'm trying to tell you, don't let the culture drag you into thinking that your truth is the truth. The Bible is the only truth. Are y'all with me? Because when I realize that, then I can listen. I, 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 I'm getting old. I'm 40. I'll be 49 on January 24th. Don't get me a gift. Um, I'm starting to hurt a lot. Knees, elbows, tendonitis. Ain't done nothing. Woke up, feel like I broke my ankle. I said, why are you limping? I said, I'm just old. I go to the doctors. Two things the doctor does. First, I gotta fill out my history. Stop. How many surgeries have you had? How many, how, how many hurts have you? And then they asked me about my parents. And then they asked me about the. First of all, digitize these forms. Because <laughs> the doctor understands that I cannot prescribe something to your destiny if I don't pinpoint what happened in your history. So yes, that's why I have to talk about how I've been hurt. I have to talk about how I've been profiled. I have to talk about how I've been stereotyped. Now, when I'm talking about it, 
And my good friend, which I wrote in the book, Sean Johnson, who is white from Denver, as white as white can get. When I am sharing my experience, he understands because we're family that it's not an indictment on his heart. Just because his face resembles who hurt me, his response cannot resemble what they did to me, but resemble the heart of God and heal me. Y'all got to understand, it's not about the person that's sitting in front of you. How you conversate is an indication of how you'll be healed. You know what the second thing the doctor does? Tell me where it hurts. And it got a smaller body than mine. On the seat. I don't have enough room. I start Xing the whole thing. Come on, somebody. X, 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 X. Hurts here, hurts there. Never once. Y'all lean into me. Lean in, lean in, lean in. Come on, come on, come on, come on, BW. Come on, come on, come on, come on, Columbia. Flowers, Baltimore County. Never once has the physician tried to negotiate away my pain. Never once has the doctor said, really? I thought that was over. Never once. Has the doctor said, does that still hurt? No, he listens. He loves. And then he tries to get, my last point, live purposely to provide a new purpose to it. Ah. I'm telling you guys, it's time to love outside the lines. It's impossible to repair the breach racially. Biologically, spiritually, until we repair our relationship with God individually. Uh, Can I give y'all just another quick nursery kind of thing we used to do in in Sunday school? Here's the church. Come on, y'all go with me. Here's the steeple. Come on, open up the door. Come on, wiggle all your people. Come on, wiggle them. Come on, y'all not, some of y'all not even doing it. Some of y'all people are ashy. That's why you're trying to hide them. Come on. You know what? In my hands, the church looked just like me. But the church in the hands of Jesus The book of Revelation says every tribe, nation, and tongue. The beauty of diversity should not hinder the Great Commission. It should help us fulfill it. I'm telling you right now, it's time for the body of Christ. Red, yellow, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Nigerian, Ghanaian. It's time for the body of Christ. Uh, it's amazing to me, even some of my African friends talking about whose jellof is the best. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I have my own opinion. But why does different have to be better? Why, why can't it just be different? 
What if our goal was not to be right, but just to be heard? Uh, we got to get the church back in God's hands. If the church is the hope of the world, if I'm supposed to love my neighbor as I love myself, tell me, yeah, I love my neighbor because you pick where you live. You pick who you sit next to. You pick who you're friends with. I know I'm coming down your road. Y'all like, he ain't had to go all the way there. I just want to pray for us, guys. Can we stand? Every campus. Every. Online. When Irene and I bought our second house, Kayla and Maya, my, my two girls, that Kayla's 22 now and Maya's 17. Irene and I are going to be empty nesters very soon. Irene, you better start working out. Maya got sick and tired of Kayla dirtying up the bathroom. So Maya, when we weren't home, went in the bathroom and put duct tape and drew a line. Got on the ladder, put a line all the way from floor to ceiling and told Kayla, stay on that side. I came home. It was funny, so I laughed. But I said, how in the world can you divide something that doesn't belong to you? The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everything that's in it belongs to him. You are not allowed to divide something that don't belong to you. That's why in Acts chapter 2, he says there were about 120 in the upper room and they were all on one accord. And they begin to sing the chorus of unity. And the Bible says that fire fell from heaven and all of them began to speak different languages. And they were perplexed because they could understand one another because God was taking what he separated at Babel and bringing it back together to put a shirt on every nation, tribe, and tongue. Father, in the name of Jesus, everybody put your hands up. I pray and I repent for our ways, for our pride, for our lack of humility, for our judgmental mindsets, for our hurts. Where Our hurts have become a crutch to not live out the Great Commission. And I pray right now, God, that this church would go from being in our hands to being in your hands. And we would sit with diverse people at lunch and at games and not prejudge people and love people and save and seek those who are lost, but heal our hearts so that you can heal the land in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, every campus. We love you.